0: Your white pastor. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Hey, um, I know you're expecting a very special speaker this morning. Well, he's here. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. Our guest speaker <clears throat> was actually taken ill. So um, he's uh, was, uh, contacted us about Wednesday, Wednesday I think, or, or last week earlier, earlier in the week saying he wouldn't be able to make it to speak at Church Unlimited this morning. So I just had to get to work a bit earlier than I'd planned to and prepare a message for, for this morning. So here we are. But the, I was also planning to speak tonight, which I will be doing. I just had to add an extra one in there. Um, just to mention for tonight, <clears throat> I want to speak on a really important topic. It's a part of the Lord is My Shepherd series, part five, but it deals with the whole area of protection. And uh, you know, we live in a world where danger, difficulties, trauma is all around. And the daily news is usually one tragedy after another, which is really sad, isn't it, to see. So you add to that the danger of losing our way in God and, you know, losing our faith or even getting up backslidden, it's, it's a pretty tough environment we live in. And the sad truth is this, is the devil is after you. And we're at the person next to you, he's after you and to sidetrack you in some way, to cause you as much trouble and hardship as he can. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so tonight, I want to explore the dangers that you and I face and then give you nine specific ways to protect yourself and your family. And I'm talking about protection in the area of your physical uh, protection, physical well being, your finances, your relationship, your heart, your attitudes, your walk with God. There's just so many areas. You know, the devil finds out where we're weak and that's where he attacks us. And so, um, the, 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 the truth is this. There's a lot we can do to protect ourselves. And I wonder how many of us here today pray every day for protection. We should be. We really, really should be. Because there's a lot of enemy out there trying to have a go at us. So. We'll share with these. And so at the end of the service, we're going to spend some time in prayer, not a long time. But we're going to ask God for his protection in our lives through 2015. So what we're going to do is we're not going to leave protection to chance. Well, I hope I'm looked after. I hope nothing goes wrong. No, no, no. We're not going to have that attitude. It's not a good attitude. We're going to do something about it. And uh, we're going to God will hear our prayers. Now, I can't promise you nothing will go wrong. But I'll tell you this much by praying. And doing what we do tonight, it will make a difference. Because God hears our prayers. You have not, because you mm. I learned some of this a more difficult way. So um I believe it'll be a, a, a tremendous night and it will position you for God's protection and blessing in 2015. So really do expect God to turn up and the Holy Spirit's presence to be strong, unless. Really believe God. You know, I think we'd all agree if there's something we need to pray for, and that is protection, you know, against all the works of the enemy. Okay, turn in your Bibles to Psalm verse 20, chapter 23, and uh, we'll get into that. Father, we thank you for your presence, and Holy Spirit, as we come to your wonderful word this morning, we're just asking that you will speak to us as only you can. Lord, let us hear a word from heaven That will strengthen us, encourage us, speak to us that life-giving, life-changing word. Father, by your spirit we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm 23 verse 3 says, He restores my soul. This includes the idea of being lifted up from a cast-down state. And David, the man after God's own heart, he got cast down. He said in Psalm 42 verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? So he would speak to his soul and say, Why are you cast down? Sometimes it's a good thing to do that. And I've done it myself over the years. Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. So David here is cast down. And the reason he's cast down is he was facing so many troubles on every front. And what it teaches us is that even those who walk incredibly close to God and live a godly life can end up downcast, discouraged, in despair, even depressed. And sometimes what happens is a devil and even people around us can make us feel bad. They can make us feel real condemned and say, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, God's with you. How can you be so low and so unhappy and so discouraged? Yet, you read scripture, Jonah wanted to die. Jeremiah wanted to end his life. Elijah, we're going to see later on, also said lord it's enough take my life i'm out of here great men and women of god have struggled struggled enormously with despair discouragement being cast down being depressed and have not overcome it easily some have not even overcome it at all spurgeon one of the great preachers of all time the prince of preachers he suffered a lot from depression It really got to him. So much so that one day he stood from his pulpit and he preached a message entitled, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's pretty heavy-duty depression. And I think, friends, most of us would be amazed and surprised at how many Christians struggle with despair, depression, discouragement, being downcast, feeling hopeless and helpless and defeated. It's its far more common than we realize. I talk to a lot of people over the years, hundreds, thousands and not in every case but as soon as I get talking to them after a while it starts to come out well this happened and that happened and I was hurt here and I was broken there and I was defeated there and you know I've had this wound in my life and I think man and I've struggled and you know I couldn't get out of bed for a number of weeks or months and I hear that stuff a lot. It's the way life is on planet Earth. And we need to understand what real Christianity is, not just a facade of, you know, God is with us so we can handle and defeat everything that comes our way. Friends, it's just not quite that simple. Unfortunately, sheep, which we are referred to and called, are known for being easily crushed in spirit. That's what sheep are like. Easily wounded. And they're more easily demoralized by hurt and wounds than virtually all other animals. Sometimes I think, God, why did you call a sheep? I would wish we were called lions, you know, or tigers, or, or cheetahs, or you know, hippopotamus. Well, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> crocodile, I don't know. But sheep is kind of like the poor old sheep. You know, uh, most animals have a strong spirit. And so you hear of animals being trapped and, you know, for days, weeks, and somehow they'll fight their way through and they'll come out and they'll, they'll, they'll survive, but not the poor old sheep. It easily gives up, easily surrenders when it gets tough. And even they say a minor injury can wipe out a sheep. They say their spirit can be broken and often they don't fight to survive. The trauma of a difficult birth wipes out some sheep and also some lambs. So you add to that, the fact is that sheep are easily caught in thorns and in bushes. When they get caught in these little thorns, they make a little token effort to get out, and they can't get out, and they're stuck there. Even a little effort, they could get out. A little help from the shepherd, they'd easily be free but without the shepherd, they remain stuck. I've noticed over the years how easily Christians get caught in a thorn bush among Just some minor thing crops up, and it just, they go into a tailspin and just almost lose their way over something that's really not a major, but they make it a major from being a minor and find it hard to get unstuck. You know, they get it out a train of thinking, and they can't unstuck themselves from it. Cast down in Psalm 23 is an old English expression for a sheep that's turned over on its back. Can't get up. You know, you see the sheep that's on its back and its four legs are sticking out. Stuck there, can't get up. Well, if it's, not, if it's left in that condition, it'll either become a victim of wild beasts or all the gases that build up within the body will cut off the circulation and the sheep will die. The sad thing about the sheep that's on its back, with a little effort, it could easily get up and get going again. But often it just won't make that little amount of effort that is necessary. Instead, it gives up and often does not even fight. And God calls us sheep. (laughs) So it means we can be easily cast down, easily discouraged. You know, some little thing happens and, oh, down we go. I'm sometimes amazed even at myself. Something happens. I think, gosh, what? why is that affecting me so much? Easily cast down, easily discouraged. But there is a solution to all of this. We don't need to worry about this. There's a key. And the key is this: stay close to a shepherd. Because see, he can just easily get that sheep on its back and just flip it over and get it right again. He can help a cast-down sheep. The, 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 the key is that we've got to stay close to the shepherd but also stay close to the flock. Because yeah, if we get isolated out there, when we get turned over on our back, there's no one there to support us, no one there to help us and to get us up and get going again. And we need to be aware, you and I need to be aware of the tendency to give up too easily and not to fight enough. We actually can do it. But sometimes our mindset is to just let go very quickly. You know, we live in a harsh... My timer's not going, by the way, guys, so no idea where I'm at now. So if we can work something out, would we'll just be helpful, okay? All right, I have a timing for the television, So that's why I keep an eye on the clock. Okay, <clears throat> so just going back a bit, we can edit all this out, so you don't need to worry about what I say, okay? If I make mistakes, we can just change it all and you know, add some good bits in, and so, there you go. All right, guys. Okay, I'll just take a guess if I need to. All right, so what I was saying is we live in a harsh and in a demanding world. So it's not for the faint-hearted. Society and church are full of people that have been wounded by life. And you know, from birth, we are very vulnerable and easily damaged. You know, I've got two grandchildren. Emma's only 15 or 16 months old. Sometimes I look at her and I think, man, you are so vulnerable. You are so helpless. You can be easily, easily hurt, wounded, and damaged. Fortunately, she has great parents and great grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we're great grandparents, but we've got grandparents that are, we're not going to do her harm. So we're going to watch over her, we're going to protect her, we're going to care for her. Sadly, Many of you, many of us, didn't have that. And so in our wounded and our vulnerable state, the early formative years, many of us, including me, have been damaged, wounded and hurt. What you've got to understand is this. When you get saved, that doesn't disappear. It doesn't suddenly gone. It's still there. I still have wounds that I have to this day. Now God's healing, restoring some areas, but not all of it. And in that area of a wound that I have, Just a small touch on that area can really spin me out. You know if you have a sore somewhere on here, and someone just hits it, and you, ah, if they hit somewhere else, you're fine, but if they hit that wound, it really causes pain. That's why some areas you will react a lot more than in other areas, because underlying there is a wound that has not yet been healed, and some wounds probably won't be healed until Jesus comes again. So many people have been broken in spirit and have given up. And we see the incredible struggles that even our young people face today. It's amazing. The, the, the world out there is full of landmines and, and, and all kinds of difficulties and struggles. And what we need to understand, church, is nowhere did God say that Christians would be spared from trials, trauma, pains, and struggles of life. And, you know, some people buy into a Christianity and, and they don't realize that, hey, you still got to live in the real world. Things are still going to go wrong. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get wounded. You'll get betrayed. Things will go wrong. You'll get, you'll get hurt. And all these things are going to happen. And if we don't understand that, friends, as soon as something goes wrong, we say, well, what, well, God, what's going on here? I'm following you. How come something's gone wrong in my life? Friends, we just got to read the Bible. We are not exempt. We are not, we, you know, all you can do, okay, if you want to avoid all the problems in life, then you just got to clear off the planet. <laughs> it's the only way that can happen. Friends, when things go wrong, please don't say, God, why has this happened? I mean, you can ask in a genuine way, but not in an accusing way, because that's the reality of life. I mean, <clears throat> next time, you know, sometimes when, when people say, oh, God, this is so hard, and he just says, can you just have a look at the cross? What my son went through? What he's the man, we, we'd actually follow the man of sorrows. We're not exempt, friends, but with the Good Shepherd, he can carry us through. He can help us. He can give us strength. And he can make it a lot better than it would be otherwise. They say that shepherds can look across the landscape and quickly he can spot. There's a cast down sheep over there. There's another one over there. Quickly see it and go to, urgently to its help and pick it up again. And our great shepherd, Jesus, he can spot the signs of a cast down sheep among us. And he can quickly uh, be to, to the aid and the helper to get that sheep up and going again. As long as that sheep is not too far away from the shepherd. So if you've gone countless miles away from the flock and from the shepherd, then it's going to be hard to be quickly picked up and restored again. But Jesus watches over us, and he's highly skilled at, res- at helping and restoring sheep that are cast down. I want to give you three specific reasons why sheep become cast down. Okay, this is from research on sheep. Number one is they have too much wool, which can speak, of, uh, you know, that can speak to us of being weighed down when we're carrying too much in our lives. You might say, well, what do you mean carrying too much? Well, it can speak of the old nature and old habits, which are like weights that need to be crucified in our lives. They can weigh us down, cause us to be cast down. We can be doing too much. We can do, be doing more than God has asked us to do in too many areas of life. We're trying to help everybody and everyone. My Bible says, my yoke, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, I'm not saying that life's going to be a bed of roses and straightforward and all the rest of it, but we do guard, need to guard against Doing way too much. Let's have a look at Hebrews 12, verse 1, because it brings it out quite clearly. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, say it with me, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So God is saying to you and to I: hey, lay aside the excess weights. Lay aside the sin so you can run and not trip over and be cast down. You know, some of the weights, heavy weights, wrong attitudes, unforgiveness, bitterness. Oh, they are such weights that people carry. They've heard a definition of bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's bitterness. It's unforgiveness. They're heavy weights, friends. We need to ask, God, to help us to become free of those things. So how does a sheep get rid of the excess wool? It has to be sheared. Aha. Uh-huh. So, you know, the, they get the clippers out, or these days they have the machines. You see, New Zealanders are really good at shearing sheep because we've got so many of them. Shear them away, and the sheep is all, all the weights are taken off, and away it, it runs, and it's great. And the good thing about sheep is that they are so meek. They're quite happy to be sheared. Imagine trying to shear a lion. You know, or shear a tiger or a hippopotamus, you know, you're going to end up dead, probably. But not the old sheep, poor, oh, meek little sheep, you know, shear him away and he's fantastic and he probably smiles while he's been sheared. As God's sheep, you and I need to be willing to be sheared. Yeah, good. Yeah. We need to be willing to allow God to remove from us the things that He's not pleased with, excess weights, attitudes, sins, whatever it might be, and let him shear us. And you'll find if you're walking with God, there'll be no time in your life he's not shearing something off you. He's he's always dealing with, he disciplines those he loves. He prunes those who bear fruit so they might bear more fruit. So discipline, chastening, shearing is a good sign that God is working in our lives. But we need that meekness and not resist and fight and react to every time God tries to deal with something in our lives. We need that meekness of heart and spirit. The second reason sheep fall over and get cast down is that they are too fat. I'm not looking at anybody right now. And this can be speak of being overfed and under-mobilized. One of the problems of the Western church is this, is that we are well-fed on the Word of God. There's sermons, there's TV, there's radios, there's DVDs, there's CDs, there's internet, there's seminars, there's conferences, there's you know small groups. I mean, we feed, 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 and it's great. We need to feed, and it's, it's healthy to feed. It would be bad if we didn't feed, but we can be, feed so much that we end up like fat cats. Because we're not doing enough with the feeding that we get. You know, in the natural, if someone is forever eating, never exercising, what? Danger is ahead, trouble's ahead. Something's gonna go wrong in the system. It's the same spiritually. If we're forever feeding, receiving, 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 come search, worship, read the hear the word and all the rest of it. But we're not doing much with it, we're at risk. Eventually something is going to go amiss. So we need to serve God, and I encourage you in 2015, make a decision to get involved in serving in the church and outside of the church, where it is, but make sure there's plenty of activity and using of your gifts and talents, exercising from all the input that you're getting from the Lord. James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Guess what? If we just hear and hear and not do it, we end up deceived. That's what the Bible actually teaches. It's a dangerous place to get in. The third reason sheep get uh, cast down is they choose comfortable places. In other words, they remain in the comfortable pasture and are reluctant to move on. So they end up overgrazing. The same period, you know, with this green pasture, they overgraze there and overgraze, and eventually it destroys the the pasture and the sheep in the same process. So they need to go to new pastures all the time and then go back to the old pasture once it has renewed itself. And friends, what this can mean is that we too need to be continually moving forward and understanding new things in God's word. I'm not talking, you know, just growing in God and growing in the knowledge of God so that we don't just camp around one passage of scripture that we really love. You know, one, a few verses, you know, I'm more than a conqueror, I'm more than a, I can do all things, through. I love all that sort of stuff, but you can't just live there. You've got to go to other verses, how God chastens those he loves, discipline, he prunes those who are bearing fruit. There's just so many scriptures about walking in holiness and right. I mean, you, we need the whole counsel of God. Feed on the pasture of the entire word of God, because that is what keeps us healthy. Because what happens is what was once life-giving becomes stale and loses its refreshing flavor. And churches have fallen into this trap over the years. Churches have got stuck on salvation. It's all about being saved, all about seeing salvation. And then others have got stuck on the baptism of water. And it's all about being baptized in water, and they get stuck there. But then it, and others got stuck on baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Some get stuck on end times. Some get stuck on holiness. Some get stuck on everyone has to fall down on the floor every time they're prayed for. They get stuck. They camp around one truth too long. And what was once life and refreshing from God becomes stale and almost produces death. We need to revisit former truths, but we don't just camp there. We need to be continually growing in our walk with God. 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Billy Graham said this, Christianity you like riding a bike. If you stop going forward, you fall off. Now, I'm not talking about people who claim some new revelation. <laughs> that, you know, the body of has heaven said, oh, we've got this new truth. Friends, I've studied cults. That's exactly how they start. We need to stay close to the truths, the proven truths of God's word over the centuries. Amen? And keep growing in God and moving forward in the Lord. Okay, how do we get out of a cast down position? I'll give you four ways. Number one is gentle treatment. To restore sheep, the shepherd had to massage him and gently speak to him so he regained his former walk. So gently massage the sheep. Now I've been asking Adrian to massage my feet and Arms and all that, she just won't do it. So, uh, I'm going to get some of the elders to speak to her. (laughs) But they need gentle treatment. A cast down Christian has to be treated with gentleness, love, care, and kindness. Too much rebuke will kill them, even if you told them 20 times, Don't do that. If you get, do that, you're going to get yourself in a mess. Friends. Even if they've done that, treat them with kindness and gentleness. David said, What? Thy gentleness has made me great. If you want one quality developed in your life, go after gentleness. It is a fantastic quality. Zig Ziglar, an outstanding Christian speaker in motivation and leadership, he said this. He said, As I have dealt with leaders in business, industry, and government, I've noticed that almost without exception, the higher in the organization, the more courteous and polite these men and women are. They just know how to deal with people. And you know, I've watched, I have watched—I like watching when, on TV when they interview CEOs of companies or presidents and like that. And I've noticed more often than not, not always, but more often than not, they're just... I think, man, you are so nice. You are so polite. They get hit with a hard question, a difficult, you know, a sort of a provocative question. They somehow seem to be able to give a nice answer. Friends, that's what God wants us to be like. A man went to heaven. I think it was a good friend of mine, Brian Bailey. I think it was him. And when God takes you to heaven to teach you a truth, you've got to to think it's probably a fairly important truth to hear. So God took him to heaven and just said this to him. He said, it's not just what you say, but how you say it. Isn't that a mouthful? Some people say, but I just that's all I said to them. Yeah, yeah, we know that's all he said. But how did you say it? A man fell into a pit, cast down, he just couldn't get out. A lot of people passed by. These were some of them. A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person said, it's logical you would fall down there. A Pharisee said, only bad people fall into a pit. That would have been very helpful, wouldn't it? A mathematician calculated how he fell into the pit. The newspaper reporter he wanted the exclusive story on the pit. The IRD man asked, are you paying taxes on the pit? The faith man said, just confess you're not in a pit. The optimist said things could be worse. The pessimist said things will get worse. The good Samaritan, seeing the man, took his hand, lifted him out, and lifted him out of the pit. Let's be like the good Samaritan. Let's not judge them all. Let's lift them up out of the pit. Don't say to a cast down person, have more faith. (laughs) Praise God, anyway. You shouldn't feel like that. (laughs) Don't give them a lecture. And don't get angry with them. It just doesn't work. Okay, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Kings 19 and verse 4. 1 Kings 19 and verse 4. But he himself, when a day's journey, this is Elijah, into the wilderness, he came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. He said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down. Again, interesting how God deals with this cast-down prophet who's ready to end his life. Can you see there's no lecture? There's no quoting of scriptures. What happens is an angel turns up. Guy's about to die, wants to die. Angel turns up, gives him some food, water, and he lays down and has another rest. You see, this is the love of God going into overdrive. Earlier in Elijah's life, at his high points, at Cherith, Carmel, where he pulled down the fire from heaven, slayed 4, 400 prophets of Baal, at Zarephath, where there was that miracle. All these high points, there was no angel then. No special manifestation of God's love. So you think, when this guy's at his worst, at his lowest, wanting out of it, how come God suddenly turns up now? Why is there an angel now? Why are there now special manifestations of God's love? Well, I think God needed to convince his cast-down prophet that he was still dearly loved and special to God. And this act would draw him back to him. Whatever you're facing today, whatever circumstances, how wounded you are, discouraged, despairing, feeling hopeless, even depressed, wanting to give up, God wants you to know, and so do I, that you are very special to God and you are dearly loved by Him. And that will never change for eternity. You will always be special to God. You will always be dearly loved by Him. Tell the person next to you, you are special to God. Let them hear it from someone else. Number three, 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, David strengthened himself in the Lord. The best way out of a cast-down condition is to turn to Jesus, the great shepherd, and ask for hope. Here we find David at his lowest ebb. This is the midnight hour. His wives are taken. The kids are gone. His own men are wanting to slay him. A lot of this, uh, the, the, the city's been burned with fire. David is in despair and in a state of complete helplessness and hopelessness. What does David do? He encourages himself in the Lord. He turns to the great shepherd of the sheep. And I want to encourage you today, no matter what you're facing, turn with all your heart to the great shepherd of the sheep, and you'll be surprised at how willing he is to strengthen you, help you, and encourage you. It may not happen immediately. It may take some time, but eventually God will be there. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. He does love you. He does care for you. He is all-powerful. And I've noticed over the years that when a Christians in a crisis, there's those who run into the Lord and those who run away from the Lord. At Church Unlimited, we want to encourage you, no matter what happens in your life, you'll always run into the name of the Lord and you'll not run away from the Lord. He is the answer. He is your hope. He is the almighty God. And He loves you and you're special to Him. With God's help, We need to learn to fight and not give up. Yes, we are in a battle. There is an enemy, and he will attack. That's going to happen. And we need to learn to fight, and God can help us fight. And the good news is that with our shepherd helping us, we can win in the battles of life. We are, according to my Bible, more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God before us... Who can be against us? God plus one is a majority. You and God together is a majority against all the works of the enemy. He restores my soul. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the oppressed. Our great shepherd is the master of lifting us up from a cast-down position, putting us up on our feet again and get us moving forward into all the blessing that God has for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Musicians, please. Which song did you do last time? Hope of all that. Okay, that's good. All right. Can we stand together? Just stay with us for a few more minutes. Just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. We're going to sing again, hope of all hearts. And I just want you to let hope rise. Begin to realize that you are special and loved by God, and that God is ready right now to help you and to strengthen you, to lead you and to guide you, to bless you. He is the hope of all hearts. quite quickly. Did not fast, but you know, because we haven't got long. <laughs> Is you, your love never fails. Your no, love never fails. Who closed in Korea? Umish. Was okay. No. Just bow your heads in prayer, please, for the next few minutes. The people here this morning, and you're not a Christian. You're not saved. You don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with this God of creation. Christianity is not about joining a religion. It's about coming into a relationship with a person by the name of Jesus. It means that Once you come to Jesus, you're saved. Your name is written in heaven. So when you pass from this life, you go into eternity, into heaven to be forever with Jesus. Those without Christ are without hope, and they go to another place called hell, a place of suffering and torment. But God's not willing that any should perish. That's why God so loved the world. He sent His only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him, anyone, young, old, rich, or poor, will not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, if you don't know Jesus and you want to, I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you are backslidden, far away from God, and today you need to come back to Jesus. That is you, I'd love to pray with you also. Those of you here this morning, you want to give your heart to Jesus to be saved. And He can help you if you're cast down. He can help you if you're feeling hopeless or despairing or wounded and hurt. He can help you. The first step back to recovery is finding Jesus. He has the power to change lives. Maybe you need to come back from a backslidden condition. If that is you, you want to be saved, you want to get right with God, and you'll let me pray with you. Would you just raise your hand right now? Just lift it up nice and high and keep it up until I see it, until I acknowledge it. And then we're going to pray a very simple prayer of salvation together. If that is you, I'm waiting for you now. Would you lift your hand right down the back there? Thank you, sir. Wonderful decision thank you others here this morning would you just quickly lift up your hand nice and high just keep it here join this one person i've seen already are you raising your two hands there in the green or you praying i'm not sure yes you as well okay thank you thank you you can put your hand down now it's great there's two there who else up in the balcony who's ready to get right with god who's ready to be saved it's the greatest decision. How, what a fantastic way to start the year with Jesus in your heart. Salvation, your name written in heaven, God's power coming into your life, helping you, walking with, uh, through your life with you, healing you, restoring you, blessing you, being your shepherd. Anyone in the balcony, just raise your hand right now while I'm looking up there. Anybody up there? Okay, down back across the ground floor. Who else? There's another hand over there. Okay, thank you. God bless you too. It's three. Who else is ready to give your life to Jesus to get right with God? If that is you, others here, would you just put your hand up right now? Scanning this auditorium is all the way across from one end to the other. If that is you, join these, I think, three now that have raised their hands. Others here today, you don't know Jesus, but you want to. You're backslidden and you need to get right with God. The Bible says, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's Satan. He kills, he wrecks, he ruins, he damages, he destroys, he takes self-esteem, he takes away integrity, he takes everything he can from you. He's a thief. Don't stay with him. I did for too long. And I tell you, he messed with me big time. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and that abundantly. Jesus comes to bless, to heal, to restore, to make whole to provide, to bless, to do you good. Come to Jesus and let Him begin and help you to walk on a whole new journey, walking with Jesus. Tell you, it's the best life possible. Don't leave here without Jesus. You've got this far, you've sat through the service. If you don't know Jesus, or if you're not right with God, maybe you've got cast down, you can get picked up and get going again. I'm asking once more, who else is ready to say yes I wanna turn my back on Satan, the thief, and I wanna walk with Jesus and let him bless my life. If that is you, would you please raise your hand right now? I'm waiting for you. Up in the balcony again, I'm gonna give it one more minute, then we're gonna pray. Anyone up in the balcony is ready to go from death to life, cursing to blessing, darkness to light, hell to heaven. It's a simple choice. And it's all yours. No one can make it for you. Only anyone in the balcony. Okay, again, across the ground floor. Is there anyone else going to choose life? Choose heaven? Choose the blessing of God? There's a. Okay, God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Is there anyone else this morning? You're not here by chance, you're here by divine appointment. God got you here because He loves you so bad. Don't let pride stop you. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let the devil stop you. 15 more seconds before we pray. Is there anyone else right now without delay? Come on. You know you're not saved. You know you're not right with God. Just throw up that hand. Say, okay, I'm in. I want to be saved. I want to get right with God. 15 more seconds. Is there anyone else? Balcony last time. Ground floor. Anyone else? Okay, I think we're done. I want to do one more thing. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't and you know you should have, I want to pray with you. I'm going to come down these stairs, stand at the front. And if you saw someone who raised their hand, would you help them or maybe come to the front with them? So if you raised your hand, please, your friends can come with you. If you didn't raise your hand, you can come as well. Come and stand at the front. Let me pray with you. I want to meet you, talk with you, and pray with you this morning. God bless you. Please come and join us now. Thank you. Here's the first one. Second one. Third one. Come and join us. Thank you. Can you just, just come across here. Thank you. God bless you. Can I shake your hand? Come and join us across here. That's great. Thank you. God bless you. That's wonderful. God bless you too. Just pray the simple prayer with me and then Pastor Paul and Pastor Helen are going to take you to the cafe and talk with you for a few minutes, answer any questions you might have. Let's just say, church, let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love me. You died on the cross for me. You shed your blood because you love me so much. You so much. I, confess my sins I confess my sins and ask you to forgive me. To forgive me. And, now, Jesus, and now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You turn this way. Go with Paul. And Helen, they'll take good care of you. Okay. Okay. Are you closing? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, church, for being so patient this morning. I was a bit late getting here. We had a traffic. Yeah, a bit of a traffic jam. A truck had turned over on the motorway somewhere, so we had to go all the way through Mount Eden and look at all those poor houses and make our way out to the prosperous West, which was good to see. Hey, if you could join us tonight, I do think it'd be worth your while. It'll set you up for 2015. God bless you. Love you all. I'm going to ask uh, Umish to come and close out in prayer. God bless. Take care. We'll see you again.